Hey, I'm Danny Mazer, and you are listening to the Soul Stories podcast, an extension of Soul Stories, where we curate spaces for difficult conversations and create connection through dialogue, storytelling, and creative expression. On this season, we will be bringing you stories and poetry from an event we hosted this past April. It was called Unpacked, a creative dialogue on consent. Hi, I'm Hannah Skews, a member of Soul Stories and the co-creator, along with Danny, of Unpacked, a creative dialogue on consent. We had 10 performers, including both of us, get up on stage to read poetry and tell stories about our personal experiences on the topic. Next, you're going to hear three of our poets from that evening. First up is Taylor Husner, whose poetry is very much a gut punch and a very visceral view of the darker side of our sexual culture. Hey guys, I'm Taylor. Um, I'm a writer here in Denver, and I'm going to share some poems with you. Um, Thank you for letting me start this dialogue with you guys tonight. This first poem is called Phantom. I didn't take a shower for three weeks. It wasn't about the nakedness. No, it was the way the droplets hit my skin, each one reminding me of your icy fingertips. Like a Midwest ice storm where the rain pelts and ripples the skin instead of slowly cascading down. I curled up into a ball on the dirty linoleum floor. The water created a palette of memories on my face. My bruises were yellow, The purple encasings around my breast had disappeared with time. It was when the droplets hit these spots, I knew the worst part wasn't over yet. A phantom would haunt over me, and I say these words now, feeling goosebumps crawl up my legs, my thighs, into my core, and out my eyes. Five years, and the phantom has only loosened his grip. When I get catcalled, or when a man at the bar moves his hand over my shoulder, down my breast, or when my ass gets squeezed for simply walking the streets, I know my phantom is peering around the corner at me. He manifests himself in the language of our culture, in the word slut, in the word shame, in the words, well, what were you wearing and what were you drinking that night? He swirls in the dark alleyways, putting fears into women's bones that maybe, maybe we shouldn't be walking alone. My phantom is not the only one. I know you and you, maybe even you, also have a phantom trailing your shadow. He feeds off the bones of anonymity. He knows that if he stays quiet in his conquests, he will continue to infiltrate private bedroom scenes. Hallucinations of him will grow to possess women and men alike, clawing out of the dark until you wake up in sweat, wondering, why has my body left me again? Why do my muscles feel sore and wasted? My body, a rag doll, plopped over with use. The day I began the shower ban, the nurse who gave me the sane exam asked to press her fingers inside of me. Always the fingertips, always the remembrance of the icy touch, but I allowed her. 
strapped in a sterile room with no friends nor family around, a coil of disillusion sprung from my mind. Any childhood embers left twirling in the wind had been burnt out, and the ashes were now falling in from my face. The cops asked me the phantom questions. With frazzled hair and swollen eyes, a messy innocence is hard to be believed. A year later, the DNA test confirmed it was you, but you were already in jail for different charges. My case dismissed. The dismissal gave an airy glow to my phantom. He delighted in the verdict. Was what I thought happened all in my head? If so, this left only room for insanity. Maybe I overreacted. Maybe, like I was told, this is what happens. You get drunk, and you wake up in a stranger's bed. My phantom rages quickly and wildly in these weeded thoughts. They are the nutrients he eats to survive. Who am I to stand on stage and talk about rape? When it's happening in every country, in every city, in regions when girls aren't given a platform to speak, to fight, in towns where it's the norm, in wars, in city parks, in homes, who am I to stand and talk about rape? My phantom loves this question. It's why I haven't stood for years. After the first year, people expect you to forget about it, to forget you, you walked in miles to get away, to forget the police forgot about you, to forget you were just another number on the exam kit, to forget all the medications you ate prescribed and not, to forget you didn't shower for three weeks, to forget the sudden rush of panic when someone startles you, to forget his name, to forget the night terrors once daily, now monthly. You wake up in sweat knowing your phantom awoke with you. But you do forget. And that's why the phantom floats around, drifting to schools, to colleges, into the workforce, into politics, numbing the citizens so when they read, I grabbed her by the pussy, all they do is act offended and forget. If the phantom keeps taking the stage away from me and from us, the world is going to frost over with hate. So I need you and you, maybe even you, to also take a stand and say, me too. Thanks. The women you have fractured. One, my neighbors grabbed you and threw you on the snowy cement right outside my broken door. Two, three years later, a woman calls me. How did you leave him? I'm not sure I respond. Three, you were the first man I made love to. You were the only man to hit me. Four, I tell her, the hardest part after you have left is coming to terms you loved him. Five, on drugs I thought you could be my soulmate. But the snow covered the ice and how betrayed I felt when I fell. Six, he scares me 
I don't know what else to do. I ache, I bruise. Memories of you are confirmed with her words. Seven, you blamed me for your arrest. The snow was in a slushy state, smearing my jeans with leftover mud. Eight, sisters through battery, a throbbing connection sheltered within a blizzard. Nine, the victim's advocate center has stopped calling me. On to the next one, I suppose. 10. Laying in my bed, winter winds toss my hair. This time, I don't become the ice. This last poem is called, This is What Creates a Ravine. My name is not as strong as yours. You taunt my fragility. A quiet sunset stretches over the canyon, tugging on my hair, you whisper, Come here. But your knuckles show signs of holding prisoners captive. I slightly shudder in your embrace. Knowledge you could swiftly pull my joints and hips apart, bury yourself in the core of my femininity, erode my words into dust. These are leftover thoughts from violent bedroom scenes. At the age of 18, they drip into me. My virginity now a fossilized relic. I worry of what you might find when staring at women who are beyond sexualizing in ocean foams and erupts, gushes through my veins, neither jealousy nor bitterness, but I ache for a different beauty to stream downwards. Yearning for time to creep back into nothingness, you peel my fingers from your face, a bee sting pricks my pride. Body sags with the weight of abandonment. Blurry faces still kiss me in dreams. Transition into night tears. Wake me. Can you feel the shame spill out? Thank you. Next up is Susie Q. Smith, a poet in Denver I've long admired for her talent and lack of fear. And honestly, the poems she reads here were deeply haunting, but necessary to hear. Hello, everyone. Um, My name is Susie Q. Smith. I write poems. Uh, so, so this is um, this is called Mustangs. I've been really trying, baby, trying to hold back this feeling for so long. And if you feel like I feel, baby, come on, oh, come on, whoo. Janice Hunter 
was a 17-year-old high school student when 34-year-old Marvin Gaye crooned her open. When you type Janice Hunter into Wikipedia, it forcibly redirects to Marvin Gaye's page. He is, after all, the only reason we know her name. When you Google Janice Hunter, the first result is the headline, Marvin Gaye's wife reveals how he tortured her. She still speaks of loving him. Does she still have a name? Lori Maddox was a 15-year-old virgin when 27-year-old David Bowie groomed her wide open for Jimmy Page to follow, then Mick Jagger, who sang to her of wild horses, and, of course, young girls are Mustangs, from the Spanish Mustengo, meaning ownerless beast. Mustangs have no natural predators but the men who catch and break them. Childhood living is easy to do. To break a wild horse, first you must gain its trust. Sing to it, call it pretty until you mount. Get the reins on quickly, wild beasts must be controlled from the head. Give it a new name, something easy for you to say like baby. She will forget she ever owned the wind. I was 13 when the first man boy tried to tell me that he loved me. He was 20. I pretended not to hear him and hung up. I was 15 when the second man boy tried to tell me he loved me. He was 20. I pretended not to hear him and hung up. I was 16 when the third man boy tried to tell me he loved me. He was much older than 20. I pretended not to hear him and hung up. And how they loved me. Called me quiet, watching me playful in open fields. Fame makes a man take things over. Called me quiet, teasing with handfuls of oats. Fame, what you want is in the limo. Called me beautiful until I stopped kicking. Called me theirs, called it love. Is it any wonder, say, there's nothing wrong with me loving you. There's nothing wrong with me loving you. There's nothing wrong with me loving you. Say it like a mantra until it feels true, until the saddle feels like skin, until the yoke feels like religion. There's nothing wrong with me loving you. Does love mean to lasso a feral mare? Does love ride bareback and call itself quick? Does love mean to harness the thunder in my hips until it all feels yours? Does love always catch in the bit as a bit in the mouth like so? The first time I told a man I loved him, I coughed up a rusted chain and a collar, traced it with my tongue, and found my own name already engraved there, just below my mother's. And wild, wild horses will ride them someday. Thank you. Um, okay. So, I talked to Hannah about the possibility of reading this poem. I don't read it often. Um, but I, f I was like, I'm going to feel the room and feel how it feels. Um, I could give a trigger warning to this poem, but I feel like we're all here, so we know. Um, I do say the F word a lot of times in this poem, and I hope that's okay. Um, so this is called Get Your Tickets. I fuck like a ballerina. I fuck like an audition. I fuck like a waltz, like a bunny hop, like a barn dance. I'm a motherfucking pirouette. I fuck like a bow and arrow. Fuck like a home run, like a bloodhound, like a touchdown, like a victory lap. I'm a motherfucking champion. I fuck like a circus. Get your tickets. 
I fuck like a red pen. I fuck like an inquisition, like a lost coin, like a found coin, like a mistake. I'm a motherfucking treasure hunt. I fuck like a princess. I fuck like a unicorn, like a magician, like a tipped hat, like a sweet dream. I'm a motherfucking white flag. I fuck like a circus, like a sideshow. Get your tickets, it will sell out. I fuck like a running shoe. I fuck like a swinging gate, like a race car, like a stunt driver, like a crash test dummy. I'm a motherfucking freight train. I fuck like an astronaut. I fuck like a rock star, like a teacher, like a doctor, like a president. I'm everything children want to be when they grow up. I fuck like a grown up. I fuck like a circus. I fuck like a stage, like a service entrance, like jazz hands, like a freak show. Get your tickets. I fuck like a teenager. I fuck like I have a curfew, like a ticking clock, like a clicking lock, like a ticking bomb, like a motherfucking emergency. I fuck like an ambulance. I fuck like my life depends on it, like a hot meal, like clean socks, like your last good bullet. I'm a motherfucking arsenal. I fuck like a warrior. I fuck like a sharp knife, like a broken bottle, like a broken mirror, like I'm coming for your head. I'm a motherfucking show off. Maybe I should learn something about love. Maybe I should look you in the eye. Maybe I should try fucking you sober. I'm tired of being sexy, tired of being called sexy after the first or second rape. It stops feeling like a compliment. It's easier to kiss you than to say this out loud. I don't like being naked, but I'm not kissing you. I'm blowing you up until you are big enough for me to hide behind. I fuck like holding my breath and sucking it in. I fuck like a Thanksgiving Day parade, like something stolen and celebrated. I fuck like a patriot, like a product of my environment. I fuck like a circus. Get your tickets. I fuck like one night only. Get your tickets. I fuck like the time of your life. I fuck like it's the only thing I've ever been good at. I fuck like I'm putting on a show. Get your tickets. Thank you. Last is Kate West, a first-time performer and poet whose tenderness and honesty should make you feel something profound. This is an ode to six times to who knows. The first time it happened, first grade, I was told, close your eyes and hold out your hands. And he stole my first kiss. But it's just a cute thing kids do, right? The second time it happened, sixth grade, a field trip, sitting in the back of a car, and he slides his hands up my shirt, no questions asked, and I was so embarrassed, I didn't know what to do. But I must have let him on, right? The third time it happened, ninth grade, my first house party. I was drinking for the first time ever, and he seemed nice enough. I was tipsy, and I gagged, and he was going to try more, but thank some God for the angels that kicked him out. But it could have been worse. The fourth time it happened, my angels weren't there. 11th grade, out at a concert and separated from friends. I was wearing short shorts and a see-through shirt. I still don't know if I was slipped something or if I just got too drunk. I woke up on the hood of a car, my last memories of the evening being carried out of a show, then on my knees in an alley. The next morning, the gravel scars confirmed my suspicions, but I probably shouldn't have worn that shirt or gotten drunk. Or, by the fifth time, I stopped saying no, or worrying about it, or really even considering it. At least saying yes to anything and everything gave me false power. Seems easier that way, right?
Hey, it's Hannah again, thanking you for your time and energy while listening to Stories from Unpacked, a creative dialogue and consent on the Soul Stories podcast. I also once again and always want to thank the poets and storytellers for their vulnerability and honesty. One of the main goals of Unpacked was to offer up these narratives as a starting point for talking about consent. And I'd love to hear from you about how they impacted you. We would also be very grateful if you subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts like this one and share this episode with the people you care about. Also, follow us on Instagram at Soul Stories Denver and find us on Facebook. We at Soul Stories are so incredibly lucky to be a part of this community. Thanks for listening and being a part of it.